morning. Guess uh, Rox is not taking this too well, huh? She's seen me fuck plenty of guys. Well, maybe she saw something she's never seen before. She's seen everything before. Honey, I thought I'd seen everything before. Did you really think it was so special? I told her I thought it was the fuck of the century. Well, what do you think? I thought it was a pretty good beginning. What about Roxy? Is she more fun? <laughs> Would you like her to join us sometime? Did she join you and Johnny? No, Johnny felt intimidated. Look what happened to him. Tell me, Nikki, were you frightened last night? That's the point, wasn't it? That's what made it so good. You shouldn't play this game. Why not? I like it. You're in over your head. Maybe. But this is how I'll catch my killer. Not gonna confess all my secrets, Nick, just because I have an orgasm. You won't learn anything I don't want you to know. Yes, I will. And I'll nail you. Nah. You'll just fall in love with me. I'm in love with you already. But I'll nail you anyway. script in the can we'll find out today on the cinema nine podcast michael govier travis roy and eric Bransham, three people who enjoy talking film we're going to talk about today look at this behind me if you're watching Woo! the steamy back of michael is. douglas in 1992 <laughs> oh man he was in his prime looking Steam. good back in the day pre-throat pre cancer good for him we're going to talk about basic instinct does it hold up or not eric's selection from 1992 still in a room without a view and it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll do that, you know, probably about 35 minutes in. That's usually how things go. Of course, we'll do our quarantine viewing picks. And we'll say hello to Travis and Eric. Travis, I know you're not feeling as great as you'd like to feel, but you got a dog to comfort you to get you through the hard times. It is Mara's one-year birthday today. Hmm. Yes! Yeah! <laughs> I just think I was uh. celebrating that, but... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> Eric's daughter had a birthday nope. too. Yeah. 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 I figured we'd get to him. <laughs> Her second birthday. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm 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 doing uh, okay. I sound terrible because I've been screen puking for a while, um, but I'm doing better now. Um, it's been a very ill season for the Sedona. Oh Jesus! Yeah, All say. three of us just—you uh, were COVID last week, uh, Eric. You were sick for like a month straight. Before <laughs> two that. months. Two months. The other day, I was like, <laughs> literally, I said to myself out loud, "Holy shit, I, I'm I'm not sick," and it was it was really Yay! great. <laughs> I haven't been uh, like like stomach sick like vomiting sick since i mean like literally years and now it's twice in like five weeks bad time but i'm glad to be here on the cinema nine podcast talking about the psychosexual basic instinct yeah everybody get your uh, boners out no don't get your boners out (laughs) but email the show and no don't send us any pics no No (laughs) don't open any attachment mike Okay, yeah, uh, no attachments for the next hour and a half. Hey, Travis, are you going to puke during the show? Uh, I don't think so. I'll, I will run away and definitely mute things if that happens. No, I've, I haven't thrown up in a while. Um, it just sounds like I've been gargling Tom Waits in here. But, uh, uh, spit me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you sound like Arnold. Another uh, Paul Verhoeven movie, Total Recall. Another Theron Stone movie. Dang, you're right. <laughs> Oh, boy. So uh, we're glad to have you guys aboard. Make sure cinnamon9pod at gmail.com if you want to talk to us about anything. Five-star review. Subscribe and like our videos and our YouTube channel. Everything you can do to support the show, just connect with us. We'll connect right back at you. We'll Maybe we'll do a listener's choice down the trail here. We're going to have some guests coming up. We like to throw those guests in, but we're just cranking out the shows week after week. We love movies. This is a mm-hmm. unusual Show time for us, by the way. It's Saturday morning. Once in a blue moon. I can't. Can you actually remember the movie we did? Because I do remember us doing a Saturday morning show a couple years ago, but I don't remember the movie. I think it's only been one time, and I don't remember what it was. It was one time. I almost want to say it was the time we did it with the Cage Rage guy in the morning. That's what I was going to say too. I think it was. I think. Oh, well, then. Was, yeah. yeah? That okay. Well, if two, if a Travis and a Mike agree, they can't be wrong, <laughs> right? Uh, either way, we love having you here, guys. And what we're starting to do in the new year, it's our little fun thing. It's our movie minute tidbits. That's right. Everybody brings one thing to the table that has interested them in recent time or with like literally this morning or maybe three days ago in the world of film and television and entertainment overall, I suppose. There's really we didn't really put a, a governor on it, did we? I, I don't know. If- no, just news, you know, whatever. News hey, news. all right, Travis, what you got? Give us a tidbit. It's no news, really, that John Carpenter is like a, a, a curmudgeonly old fella. And it's no news that Chevy Chase is a highly hated individual in Hollywood. Uh, but I just love <gasps> it was so funny, this uh, interview that he did recently, uh, John Carpenter with Variety. And he, he could have been talking about either Sam Neill, who he did another movie with the following year. And uh, had a like a long has had a long friendship with since, or he could have been talking about Chevy Chase, which is my suspicion. He said it wasn't pleasant mm-hmm. at all. It was a horror show. I really wanted to quit the business after that movie. God, I don't want to talk about why, but let's just say there were personalities on that film. He shall not be named. Who needs to be killed? <laughs> no, no, that's terrible. He needs to be set on fire. Wow. No, no, no. Anyway, it's all fine. I survived it. 
So uh, that is John Carpenter calling for the public execution of, I believe, Chevy Chase. Yeah. I thought yeah. we were All signs are pointing oh. to that for sure. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete's. That's my tidbit. So just to clarify there, when was this? What movie was this? This was, oh, this was the film. I didn't specify. Sorry. Uh, this was from when they did uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man together. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> like that makes more sense. So. Yeah. Didn't, uh, do we like that movie? I, I keep don't. trying to like it. I want to like we, it, but it's just... we love Carpenter around here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I even like Chevy Chase. Yeah. I mean, as a performer, yeah. I, I don't want to hang out with him or be on a long car ride with him, but, um, I, you know, but the movie's just not great. Which I hear is a lot to do with Chevy Chase, like trying to direct the script. Oh Jesus! Being argumentative and having his own ideas. It was like right when he was at the peak of like I am the movie star now. Like I'm not like the TV star. I'm the movie star. Well, it wasn't far off from the time when he did the television no, show, the no, god-awful, no. at the height of his powers, as you said, Travis. This was, I think that movie was around that time. I don't know. Was that movie like 93-ish, 92? 91, 92. Right around yeah. that time. Oh, there you go. They say that made him, even, uh, they say that made a, a known cemented asshole an even bigger asshole after the failure of that show. He was just so pissed. Public, <laughs> critics, everybody. A known cemented asshole. <laughs> what a beautiful term that is. Uh, Eric, what's on your mind today in the movie tidbit minute? Mike still workshop. Michael Bay charged with killing a pigeon in Italy. <gasps> that was my other tidbit. That was, was my backup. You're tidbit. joking. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he denies it on the set of ambulance that we had a uh intentional uh murder of a, a pigeon. My sources say six underground. It was in the. Oh, the, I'm, my uh, bad. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. My bad. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. He uh, claims to be a big animal rights activist and that he's been careful all these 30 years. But uh, I mean, the fact is, Bird died and all the uh, fingers are pointing to the bay. And it wasn't a wild pigeon, as I understand it was a homing pigeon, which means it belonged to someone. It was a beloved pet, oh. uh, which really all pigeons were, you know, they all come from beloved pets because people just let them free sometime in the early mid 1900s and that's why we have pigeons everywhere thanks guys <laughs> yeah yeah hey great gift dad <laughs> i mean this yeah, was italy of the, I mean, the, the paperwork's being drawn up but uh italy is very uh um fervorous about the murder of their pigeons and uh you know this this couldn't look good on his uh <laughs> his resume pigeon murder never looks good for anyone and it sounds like there's only one picture of it um pigeon? like one still frame of the image of the of the bird getting run over oh fuck. but the, supposedly there's also a lot of footage from other angles angles of the bird not getting run over but from one angle it looks like it does that's what this is what michael bay says there's and a second pigeon I, I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, it was in the grassy knoll that's the grassy nest Nesty Knoll. I knew it. FK Jones. We tried. Yeah, we tried. Great. Nesty Knoll. Tonight, I'll do Nesty Knoll. (laughs) Um, Who would star? Look. Uh, who looks bird like? Uh, like bird? Boy, there's a lot of no, people. Noah like Wiley. Pigeons. I think Noah Wiley could yeah. star in Nesty Noel. Sorry, Noah Wiley. Noah Wiley. What an incredible pull. That's Noah, the last Noah person Wiley I would think. Alan Tudyk star. Very special <laughs> Nesty Noel. Yeah, Alan Tudyk. I can see that. Like Answer it. scare on Nesty Noel this Thursday. <gasps> oh man, that's right after all new Empty Nest with Richard Mulligan. Oh. All right, <laughs> start. I like what you did uh, there. Going back to Mr. Chase. Oh, okay. Two things. Mr. Chase, 
I thought he looked way too good, oddly enough, in the movie A Stupid and Futile Gesture, played by Joel McHale. I thought he didn't play him as a big enough dick, even though he was super sarcastic as Chevy Chase in that movie. I was surprised he wasn't a bigger dick, but that's just my opinion. And then, you know, I don't understand this. Friend of the show, Luke Horlbeck. We love Luke. He's a great guy. He's an old friend. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Popping out a baby in a couple weeks. Get ready for that, Luke. Reality's coming. Sleeping. (laughs) Get your sleeping. Sleepers. But he loves Michael Bay. (laughs) He's always loved Michael Bay, and I I just baffles me. I I respect Luke's movie opinions a great deal, but this Michael Bay obsession is just always... Bum me out. He's found some like bullshit analytical critical bet where like Michael Bay is exposing the actual <laughs> mirror of America to his, you know, it's like fuck all that. It his it is what it is in front of it, and I'm not having it, all right? So don't give me this crap the about Bay Michael loophole Bay. somehow. Yes, I, I, he always you has. Give, you gotta give Luke credit for having a fascinating approach to film, kind of like our, our friend Eric Brandstrom here. Uh yeah. you keep you on your toes. You you cannot guess what they will love or hate. But revenge is not there's never an in-between. It's just That's love true. or hate. Oh, yeah, you're right. There, there are some similarities. I see that now. But even <laughs> Eric would admit, Michael Bay, come on. How can you be such an adored Werner Herzog fan and yet also appreciate something like pain and gain? <laughs> <laughs> I think because he's a broad cinephile. I mean, yes. people could say the same things about us. Wait until we get into so our true, quarantine man. viewing picks. I'm going to shut my mouth. we all watch something great and dumb. Mike, you got any, you <laughs> got any right. uh, Tim bits for us to quote the other sister? Oh man, I love Timbits. Uh, they're delicious. I think uh, it was that one. That, that, that one wasn't the other sister. Timbits, hot <laughs> dogs, and tidbits. Yeah, well, you know, Timbits are a real thing at Tim Hortons, so that's, that's delicious. So yeah. In Canada, we love it here. Tids, um, tids and bits. That's what it tids was. And there you go. Tids and bits. Tids and bits. Tids and bits. Retraction, guys. I got huge news here on the composer front. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> a ninety-year-old man is not retiring. Not, <laughs> not over. <laughs> It's not over for John Williams. He will not walk away, folks. He is not finished. The Fablemans is not his final film. He's not done. He's not done. He's coming uh, back for more. And we all my, will be better off for it. My third choice. Third like, choice. We definitely have the same taste in like uh, cinema news, guys. We don't go we to the same to... website five minutes before the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really funny is I used to, I don't know where it was. I'm not like you. I, like Eric, you are just plugged in. You read all the movie website stuff, you know, screen rant. We had, we covered this recently. I used to have somehow a way to draw in certain movie tidbits for myself. Like, oh, okay, that's coming out down the road or that's starting to get going or, or there's talks, all, all kinds of stuff like that. And somehow what I've realized by starting this segment, I was, I don't really have that. I don't know how I lost the stream. I was cut from the feed or something you had an algorithm going at some point <laughs> and um you didn't click enough times and your phone stopped feeding you the shit from variety and deadline damn it is that where that's it was because right? yeah. hollywood reporter that's what happened to me yeah. i would click on the stuff so that's every time you, you log it like i get on my apple news and it's like hey life is hell here's all the pol- political stuff you know here's what's currently happening and then it's like dogs movies <laughs> ai because i'm terrified um. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Mike. Uh, it's it's tricky. Like I stick to like coming soon.net is my favorite because it's just stories like all my former favorite sites have moved on to like Jared Carmichael wants an MCU role. Like that's a story. <laughs> that sort of shit. You know what I mean? Of course he does. It's huge money. And, and I keep seeing articles like that with the RRR guys. They want to be in Marvel. Like so do yeah, I. It's interesting. We all want to be in Marvel. Of course they are. They're fucking free agents. 
So dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm thinking back to like 2007, you know, like yeah. I, I felt like I was really locked in, you know, like when The Dark Knight was coming out, like you'd already read the script online somewhere in some secret mm-hmm. website. And I was still getting some news out like, oh, OK, wow. Oh, boy. Little tidbits kept being revealed to me. Where was I? What was I connected to at that time in 2007? Where were those tidbits coming from? I, I honestly don't remember now. So anyways, a little bit of, you know, a look back here. Pull back the rate, curtain. It looks like we're going to get one or two more John Williams scores. <laughs> hey, Coming out Josh. as immortal. No, no, I'm not no. done. You're probably going to get one more before I die. Well, he's doing oh. 85, which I'm happy about. He's 89. Know. Yeah. He's 90, right? He's 90? Yeah. Hey, look at that, man. It says he's 90 years of age on this one. We might be looking at the same article. I believe we are. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's our movie tidbit minute. I'm going to come up with a song. Maybe we'll have a little jingle here. It'll be fine. We need more jingles on this show. I love jingles. I also just realized on GarageBand, there's like... 800,000 loops I could be playing with. I finally realized this last week. It blew my mind. I'm like, oh, my God, all these loops are in here and I can play with them? It sounds like real music. It's pretty wild. (laughs) So who knows what will happen in 2023 from a creative standpoint. But let's switch gears, as they say, into quarantine viewing picks where we share what we've been watching, what we thought was shit. Either way, was it a miracle? Was it the greatest movie of our lifetime? Let's find out. Travis Roy, take it away. Uh, I watched a lot of stuff, so I'll stick to just stuff that I saw for the first time. Uh, and I watched a lot of really good stuff, too, but I'll start with stuff that maybe wasn't so good. It was Nicolas Cage's birthday. He's a 59th birthday on January 9th. Uh, so I celebrated by watching one of the only Nicolas Cage movies I've never seen before. One I had kept in the hopper for some time, just waiting for that special occasion. And I watched Left Behind from 2014, which was <laughs> Christian Langoliers. Basically, it was Christian Langoliers uh, and not nearly bad enough. I wanted to yeah, I wanted it to be so much worse. But so I, when it was over, I'm like, well, I wanted that to be worse. And it's still early. What am I going to how do I follow Left Behind? Well, you follow Left Behind with a 1996 Whoopi Goldberg film, Theodore Rex. Oh, geez. Um, which, yes. You guys, I'm here to tell you it was bad. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Had me for a second there. All time bad. <laughs> uh, since I was sick, I dug into every single episode of Andor. Yeah. Friend- Man, you know, we've talked last week about how Tony Gilroy is the main creator and writer of this show. Also, uh, Bo Willeman from House of Cards. I mean, these are some uh, some convoluted convoluted plots. These are some deep characters. This is um, I mean, before I mean, it took me so long to watch this because I was just so burnt out on Star Wars. I was literally thinking, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm going to watch Mandalorian season Mm -hmm. three. I don't know that I'm going to watch. Any fucking Star Wars ever again yes! after uh, the Kenobi mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. and everything else that was coming before that. And Andor is a revelation. You are 100 percent right about you are 100 percent right about Stellan Skarsgård. Some of the best work of an amazing career. Um, I really think that he should have been nominated for some Golden Globes or something, which we didn't talk about that. I love that we. We don't give a fuck about the Golden Globes here. What am I talking about? <laughs> we'll talk about the SAG soon, but fuck the Golden Globes. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely great, and I'm very excited for season two. Yes! Yes! It, I um, knew it. I knew it. It's nice yeah. to have your uh, your hopes and your confirmations confirmed about something, because I thought it was really, really good, and you just confirmed it for me. So now, Eric, uh, you have no choice. You have yeah, to watch I'll it. You'll it probably out. hate it, because we know you, and for some reason, it'll, just, it'll go awry somehow. But I hope it doesn't. I really hope it doesn't. <laughs> Everyone who knows my taste told me I'd love it, and uh, and I, you know I got the, I watched like the first episode and a half and turned it off, 
And then I finished that first episode, you know, the second episode recently, and I was like, oh, that's still okay. I'll watch a third episode. That third episode, no spoilers. But when you see the juxtaposition of him getting on the planet versus him getting off planet being presented at the same time, I am like, holy fuck, I am all in. This is great, <laughs> great television. Um, I watched Pale Blue Eye, the new Scott Cooper film starring um, uh, what's his nuts? Christian Bale. This is uh, <laughs> Oh, I know him. This was great. Yeah. This was great. Awesome direction. Such, I mean, not enough films are set in the 1830s. Heavy ravenous vibes for yeah. um, reasons that were beyond its control, just the subject matter. Um, but Bale's doing was... old school period pieces recently with Amsterdam mm. in this? Well, I mean, he's done before. I mean, you know, it's not his first. 310 to it's not, his, it's not his first, but maybe he's really locking in. Maybe this is the next phase of his career. Hostels. Uh, maybe, maybe. But it was, I mean, he's a very convincing 19th century gentleman. I'll give him that. <laughs> Uh, and he was great in this. I mean, I really liked, I really, really liked the Pale Blue Eye. Mm. Um, I checked out um, See How They Run, the uh, new uh, uh, Sam Rockwell and Cersei Ronan kind of whodunit. The movie starts with the with uh, one of the characters says, it's a whodunit. You've seen one, you've seen them all. And they were right. Don't, don't bother with See How oh, They Run. Oh, damn. Um, Checked in with a documentary, Dio Dreamers Never Die, about the legendary <laughs> Ronnie James Dio. What a life. What a, what a fucking life this guy had. He was making music before the Beatles were on the scene. And hmm. uh, if you like Dio at all, it's it's on Showtime, and it's very much worth checking out. Just a, an American icon who never got the uh, attention in this country that I think he deserves. I checked out She Said, uh, which was getting a lot of attention uh, this is a great film in the vein of the post and uh, all the president's men. If you like a journalistic kind of movie, if you this is the uncovering of the Harvey White Weinstein case, this is all the behind the scenes of that and expertly acted with um, really it's not just like they do such a great job of balancing this story that we're being told about the discovery of Weinstein's. You know, disgustingness and also being given like this these really very believable well they're based on real people but very believable insights into these characters and their lives and and their and it's just it's just a really well done movie i will not be unhappy if uh if it gets a lot of attention i think it deserves it um go ahead so this is actually about because I, I saw a few things about that this is actually about harvey weinstein it's not like a, there's not like a pseudonym like henry grillstein it's like this it, is, it is about this case this, this is like the the all the president's men of hollywood i mean it's literally it's it's everyone's i mean like um ashley judd plays herself gwyneth paltrow's no voice shows up on screen like she she calls in in one scene but she doesn't actually appear on screen but like i mean like it's you know rose um like all these people rose mcgowan is a character I mean, it's no all, it's, the, it's the whole thing, and it's really, really good. I mean, it's really it was, good. yeah. There was a movie that came out. I think it was 2019. It was an immediate response to the mm -hmm. Weinstein chaos. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you yeah, remember the, the title. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah I yeah. saw it, and that yeah. was that was more what you're saying, Eric. It was Yeah, it was all like shadowy. It's like you know what we're talking about here, but we're yeah. not naming any names. It was very dry, and it sounds nothing like what you're describing, Travis. Oh, so. I mean, like, there's like producers, like real producers, names getting thrown in there, like people that were, you know, it's public record, um, you know, so. I, I love really a good Dana. procedural. I know Eric's not a big I, procedural guy, but that's me. I love I a good procedural. Of you, I thought of you watching the movie. I'm like, Mike's going to like this one. Where's this at? Where can I see that? Uh, it's on Peacock right now. Ah, oh, fire. So I'll have to get a free subscription. Okay, thanks. Yeah, do the trial run. Um, 
I, I actually really like having Peacock for the record, but I also watched, um, what else? I watched some other good stuff. Okay. The, I got two more to talk about. I watched tar. Everyone's talking about tar. I had to watch tar. Okay. If it wins best picture, I will not be surprised if it wins. If, if Kate Blanchett wins, wins best actress, I will not be surprised. Um, I think it's it's the first movie I think I've ever seen where I've thought to myself a couple different things about the Academy Awards. For one, I've never watched a movie that wasn't like Top Gun Maverick or Wakanda Forever, which are expected to be in this category. I've never watched a movie and been like, this this is going to win Best Sound Design or uh, Best Sound Editing. Like, this is going to get nominated at least for both of those categories. Um, it's really got some good stuff going on in that department. Um, and I also thought to myself for the first time, I could... I would be happy if Todd Field wins Best Director for this. I don't particularly want it to win Best Movie. I don't think it's the best movie of the year that I've seen. Um, I find it really fascinating that this character that Kate Blanchett plays, she name drops this woman named Marin uh, Alsap uh, or Aslop. I'm fucking up the name. I think it's Alsop, but she's like the. Oh, I, I don't know anything about her. Uh, I don't know. She could be a wonderful human being. She could be a pile of shit. I know nothing about her except for that. She came out recently and said, like, this movie is not great because like it doesn't really, you know, it's about how power uh, it's, a, you know, it's about the abuse of power. And you're dealing with a lesbian woman here. But like this woman that is Marin Alsop is literally the only female conductor. She's a lesbian woman who is married to someone in her choir or in her, you know, in her orchestra. And a few other things, like she has like a baby, like an adopted daughter. There's like all these things about her, her her life specifically that are exactly the same of the character of Lydia Tarr in the movie. And everyone's like responding to um, Alsop's, and again, I'm not sure about the name, but everyone's responding to her being like, oh, well, you just don't like that, you know, challenging women or whatever. And it's like, well, no, I think that the movie's based on literally her and making her out to be a horrible human being. Oh. That all, yeah, that all decide it's, truly worth checking out i mean like there's a, a movie with this kind of buzz usually is there's a reason and there is a reason here mm. um i didn't love it i felt like a good half hour at least could have been chopped off of it like every other fucking movie including basic instinct but um, ah! i don't know why every movie's gonna be two and a half hours anymore um hey, that know, was 92 though come on yeah that's true my favorite movie of that i watched maybe one of my favorites of the year i actually had to adjust my top 10 for this Mike, I can't believe that I've watched Clerks 3 before you. Holy shit. Oh, shit! Fucking loved it. Yes, Whoa. of course you did. God damn it. Where do I, I find it? It's like three bucks to rent on Amazon. I don't want to pay for it. Where is it free? I don't know, dude. It's a, it's America. You got to pay for things. Damn it. Wow. I also okay, don't cool. mind, Give it to me. I don't mind shilling out three bucks to, you know, to, to support these guys. It was, it's, it's, um, this is not the movie of, uh, rebellious 20 year old it's not the rebellious of a contemplative like uh, fart joking 30 year old this is the movie of a man in his 50s who almost died it is it is a comedy but man it is like if you're going in expecting clerks again in some ways it's exactly clerks again and in other ways it is extremely emotional and powerful um and and also in between i i loved it i really did hmm you see two. Well, do you remember your reaction to two? Oh, dude, I I hated two. I saw <gasps> two. I saw two wow. when it came out, and well, hate's a strong word, but I I was never a fan. Yeah. Um, I love I the first Clerks movie to me is like part of my life. It's like part of my DNA. I've seen it so many times. It's like Reservoir Dogs, you know. 
Um, but yeah. it's uh, the second one to me was always, I'm like, why are you in color? Uh, why aren't you at the fucking <laughs> <laughs> rest at the quick stop? You know, like, like it just, and, and I just felt like a lot of the jokes were like, I don't know, just like, how can we top it with donkey dicks and shit? Like, how can we top what we did before? Mm. Um, so to me, I, I, I never was crazy about Clerks 2. And I can see where some people will not be crazy about Clerks 3, but I, I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I, wow, God, I, you know what happened real quick is that the last one, the 2019 Jay and Silent Bob reboot, is that what it, yeah, reboot? I didn't, I didn't even watch that. Uh, it was just so Horrible. bogus, and I love this stuff. I live for Kevin Smith. I'm outside of his, I don't give a shit about all the yoga hoser stuff. That, that's not me. I'm talking about like the the universe, this view skew universe that he created. I, I grew up on it. I like you, Travis. It's part of my DNA. I love all that stuff. Mall rats, all that chasing Amy. It's all classics to me. Dude, get on I'm it. Gonna, yeah, I got to get on it. But when I saw the last one with the reboot, it really bummed me out. So that's probably why I'm slightly slow to the roll for this one. But I'm glad to yeah. hear that. That makes me very very happy. Eric Brandstrom, let's hear what you could offer this week. Is it all God awful or is there hope for the future? <laughs> oh, well, well, we set a course to find a brand new island everywhere we roam. Travis. Moana. <laughs> I love it. Check back in. Weeped again. Um, yeah, I also watched The Pale Blue Eye, Travis. Um, I dug the film. I liked the movie. It was, I mean, it's Scott Cooper, so it's like... Right laborious hour like like <laughs> so goddamn laborious this guy fucking take he doesn't give a fuck he's like takes his fucking time but yeah that last uh like that last 40 minutes was fucking fantastic yeah. i mean lucy boynton i'd watch do laundry for many many hours hey. but this guy henry melling the guy that played poe i'm sorry this guy's face always irritates oh. me it's well, he, always like every time i right? see this guy's face i get so irritated and his voice is so boring as poe and he's just so Boring as Poe in the movie. Like I hated his Edgar Allan Poe. Mark my words. Mark my words. He's gonna be a big, big, big star. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna be really big. <sighs> that face. That face. Yeah. But yeah, I like the movie. Um, yeah, it's been, actually been kind of like haunting me for a few days. I dug it. Um, I, I dipped a toe back into uh, um, late '90s. Well, I you know, forget that. <laughs> the Ninth Gate. The Ninth Gate yeah! by William Polanski. I hit play. Like, I saw Johnny Depp. I'm like, fuck, I'm hitting play, Amelia. I don't care. Uh, I remember this being awful in the theater. I was bored out of my mind in what? theaters in 1999. I, like I decided that. to give it a shot because I love Johnny Depp. And it's it's a very, very odd. It's like intentionally goofy and silly <laughs> while also trying to be scary. Yes. Um, but like. I was having fun. Like I, I was entertained by it. Like Langella is like straight goof times. And Johnny Depp is like, what am I doing in this movie? Uh, <laughs> it, I don't know, but I enjoyed it. I, I like the story. It's an interesting story. Yeah. Um, I love the ninth game, like man. Oh yeah. yeah. I saw it at uh, my ex-girlfriend <laughs> Brandy's in like 2003 for the first time. I watched it several times there on VHS. I really enjoyed it. That was fun. Show. I mean, I haven't seen it since it was new, but I remember liking it. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, well, now that Eric saw it, he ruined it. Cancel everything. <laughs> no, I'd watch it again. I'd watch it again. Yeah. Um, and then I watched 14 away. I'm like, let's keep like these like like uh, like kind of like underrated sleeper hits going with 14 away starring John Cusack and Samuel Jackson. Uh, horrible, awful, still bad. 
hated it when I rented it in 2007. It's, it's it sucks. No, I like, like, like the first half hour is so good. It's like this setup is awesome. Like this guy's gonna go debunk this paranormal stuff, and then just a bunch of like CG ghosts and shit is flying around read, for two hours. Did you read this the novella or the short story? So I have, and it's really faithful to it. So maybe that's partly why I really like is it. that good. Yeah, I mean, because this was awful. Well, I like I like fourteen oh seven too, or fourteen oh eight too. So mm-hmm. do what you will with that. I can't recommend it, man. Uh, I don't know. It just wasn't for me. Uh, ran out of gas. Like John Cusack plays an asshole in the movie, and since I know that like he's a total dick in real life, <laughs> I spent the movie just being like, "You prick." Um, <laughs> then I turned on Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl. I'm like, it's been twenty years. I'm, I'm giving this another shot because I've been bashing this long bloated turd for 20 years so i turned it on disney plus so fucking boring i fell asleep like three times every time i woke up it was still on i'm like i feel like i'm totally refreshed and i've been sleeping for a long time how is this still on how am i still looking at um jonathan price making that same boring face saying something boring about like naval war (laughs) but it just never ended and i remember man i've said this before like this is this is the time in theaters where i remember saying out loud movies are changed now because this was like three hours long and like studios just decided like let's make it as long as possible it doesn't even care like who cares what the story is about who cares about anything (laughs) let's have a bunch of noise and a very loud Hans zimmer music and we got a movie people would be happy right no I detest these films. Like, I love Johnny Depp, and I like his Jack Sparrow, but, like, uh, oh, I hate honest, I hate movies. Yeah, I don't they're like so them either. Um, There's, like, yeah. five of them, and they're all so boring and long and loud and stupid <laughs> loud. A friend of the show, Jamie Andrews, has a great Jack Sparrow costume, and he's worn it many times. He does it Fantastic. to a T, but otherwise, yeah, it's trash. It's weird because it's a great character in a, in a franchise I could just never get into. I'm like, I love this character. Yeah. Don't like anything yep. that's happening around him. Yeah, it's based <laughs> on a goddamn amusement ride. I mean, what the shit, yeah. man? Sit. <laughs> well, you know. you think like eight-year-old kids are are sitting there watching this romance between Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley and giving a shit? Because that's all the movie is, except ah! for like these like parcels of Jack Sparrow every now and then. Well, oh, there's a lot of comedic relief though from side characters you don't care about. Don't forget that. Too bad it wasn't funny. Hate those films. And that's about it, man. All right. Gore Verbinski strikes again. Yeah. Yeah. Strikes like, out again. I like a lot of his stuff personally, but mm-hmm. I don't like those. <gasps> wow. Mouse Hunt. Come on. Mouse Hunt. Mouse Hunt. <laughs> Mouse Hunt. <laughs> Roadhouse. Hold on. All right. Well, I've got something to offer here in quarantine viewing picks, which is a lot of fun for me. And look, I'll keep it real. I watched the Madoff documentary. And by the time you someone had already made the joke yes. in our text thread about it, I'd already yes. watched it. It was already over. I <laughs> I just consumed that shit, you know. I 2008 and Wall Street and all these scumbags. Mm-hmm. It's endlessly fascinating to me because first off, it's really impacted my real life and I guess maybe I have more buy-in. In fact, if actually most of you stop and look around, it impacted your life too. But Madoff What's really sucked is now that we have a 15-year legacy, and Travis, you know, this is great. we got a little bit of a historical lens now because we're 15 years gone. And he really took the brunt for everybody in the end, and it sucks. He, it was like the perfect timing to have the ultimate scumbag take the cover when we – I wonder if – God, if Madoff hadn't existed, there would have been some different – it would have been a little bit different. I really believe that. He was such a scumbag on such an epic scale with his tentacles across the world, like the documentary talks about in Europe and all this stuff. 
Uh, that guy who killed himself, feel so bad for that guy. I mean, I don't like rich people, but even I don't want a guy to kill himself. Um, right. No. Because, no, I don't want that for anybody. So, Mm-mm. But it wasn't just him, <sighs> right? Oh, no, 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 no. Right. Yeah. Um, quick thing on, on to go back to Andrew real quick. One of the things I really love about th- that show is that the rest of the Star Wars stuff often makes it seem like the Emperor and Darth Vader and like a few key figures are like if they were just removed, everything would be fine. Um, but fascism and uh, economic corruption and, uh, you know, uh, untethered capitalism, that this predatory capitalism, all that stuff. I mean, like it's it's well beyond Bernie Madoff. Oh, that's beautiful. What you just said there, boy. I want to watch Andor right now. Um, <laughs> Darth Madoff. Darth Madoff. <laughs> But the, and then uh, you know, Moff Madoff. Yeah, Moff. Grand Moff Madoff. <laughs> oh, there you there go. It there is. You go. One of his sons killed himself because of this, and then his other son died of leukemia. I just don't think those are coincidences at all. I mean, that it's fucked up, man. I mean, how did Bernie? If he's a sociopath, then he lived with it because he lived with that for fifty years. And the question yeah, is, man. would you be Bernie Madoff if you got to live that good life for fifty uh, years, and then no. things ended the way they did? Is no, that up for debate? No, it's not. Well, not for me. We just talked about how he like helped ruin the lives of many people. Why would I want to be him? Yeah, like tens of thousands of people. Yes, you're yeah. right about that. No, I don't want to be him. I just like to I throw that out there. All right. Uh, it's a well-done documentary, though. It's got the good balance of taking you inside and trying to like recreate the world as it was in the time without having actual verbal reenactments. You know, like you would see on a I don't know, unsolved mysteries or something like that. It, <laughs> it makes it. Exactly. No dramatizations, but it does like physical dramatizations, no verbal ones. It takes you in there, creates the world for you and you're like, oh, wow. OK. And then it it like seamlessly transitions into a, a someone being interviewed talking about the real stuff going on. I really liked it. I, I thought it was a rock solid documentary. And if you want to be bummed out and think about Madoff for four episodes, you know, <laughs> I don't see why you wouldn't want to do that. Right. It's like fun, Eric. <laughs> a blast. <laughs> There's a lot of Madoff movies too. You know, there was the made-for-TV ABC one with Richard ah. Dreyfus. Of course. Oh, yeah. and, then and, there the, was and the Robert De Niro one, which I forget the name. Wizard of, of Lies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's actually I kind of enjoyed Dreyfus's Madoff a little bit more, but Wizard of mm. Lies is a better movie because it's got a, a what's his face, our Greek guy from the shitty Sopranos prequel. Yeah, Alessandro Nevoia. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he plays uh, one of the sons. He's great in that. So that would be my recommendation for you. If you want to get into the Madoff world, you want to take it to another level, you want to get depressed, yeah, go ahead. But if you're also willing to accept the reality of life. By the way, I never saw this. There was a New Yorker or New York Magazine photo of Bernie Madoff as like the Heath Ledger Joker on the cover. Oh, my God, it's fucking terrifying. It's awful. <laughs> It's really freaky, man. I don't like it at all. It really stuck with me for a few days. But, uh, yeah, check it out. All righty. And then uh, I watch other things. I'm watching a lot of Family Guy for me, which is bizarre because, man, I I just watched Family Guy nonstop forever. And then I hadn't seen any new seasons. I'm like eight seasons behind now because I just lost touch with it. But that was a real pleasure. I got to tell you. You talk about your all-time comfort watches. Man, I, I just banging out episode of Family Guy after Family Guy, five hours straight, playing some video games. It's so comforting for me. And I'll do a lot of, ha! A lot of those over, <laughs> like, ha, ha, ha! After the, maybe every 15, I'm telling you, 
I don't give a shit what anybody says about that show. I see <laughs> the funny in it. I always have. It's stupid as hell. I love stupid. And I love like a bunch of different things in one episode, like 10, 12, 15 different jokes about anything. That's my style. I like it. And I still enjoy it to this day. So I don't know if Family Guy's canceled or what, but it's still on the air and they still make money from it. So <laughs> that's nice. You know, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. You are beautiful. And uh, I watched mm. Get a Job. Anybody get a job? Get a job. Uh, get a life? Chris Elliott? Love Get a Life. Chris Elliott? That's a great show. REM intro? That's how I was introduced to that song through that show. But I didn't like Get a Job. Get a Job stars Miles Teller and Anna Kendrick. And oh. you're, you're like, oh, okay, this is hopeful. Allison Bree, who I love. and. Yes. Yes, uh, where do when I find did this? this? Come out? I'm not familiar. <laughs> I know it came out in 2016. It kind of just like huh. it was around the same time as uh, the when Teller did the what was it called R uh, War Dogs with Jonah Hill and Todd Phillips. It was that same time frame. Yeah, I missed which that. Which was too. also not great. Yeah, also not great. War Dogs, dude. Get a job is terrible. It is so bad. It's got McLovin <laughs> in it, Christopher Mintz Platts, and it's got a bunch of people. You're like, oh, that person's funny. Like the guy who plays the booty sweat Al Pacino in oh, yeah, Tropic yeah. Thunder. He's in it. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. it's that guy. There he is. I thought but, he'd do at least one other movie. <laughs> and he did. Monster cast. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking terrible though. It's so bad. It's so so. Oh, my God. Marsha Gay Harden shows up in it. I'm like, why are you in this movie, Marsha Gay Harden? What have you done to yourself here? It's Is she distraught in it again? <laughs> no, no. She's a powerhouse, right? Am I getting the right person? Marsha Gay Harden? The, yeah, yeah. yeah. Angry. She's, always she's, well, no, she's, she's turned distraught. into a... Yeah, she often plays a strong, strong woman, too. Like, I mean, like, yeah. on, like on the morning show and that kind of stuff. Yeah, just, yeah. You don't fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. I'll she fuck you up. Of, or uh, she's also on... Um, uh, the Gilded Age, I think she's on that too, also playing like a don't fuck with me kind of woman. Oh, I didn't <laughs> see that. So, get a, get a job is so bad. It's on Netflix. I'm sorry I watched it. I, Travis, remember we both, I think, said we enjoyed the TV show Flaked with Will Arnett? Remember that one I came did? out? Yeah, I liked Flaked. Yeah, I loved it when it came out. I went back and watched it with Leanne, and it was only two seasons. It yeah. didn't work out. Boy, I really liked it a lot less. I yeah. was really much more annoyed by the Will Arnett character mm. and what a scumbag he is and how it just, it is, he's allowed to be a scumbag. I'm like, how long do I have to put up with this guy's fucking decision making? A whole, <laughs> a second season now? I, I turned it off. I actually stopped. I'm like, Leanne, I'm turning this off. I'm turning it off right now. I, I'm supposed to put up with this guy's bullshit again for another season? I'm not doing it. <laughs> it was really weird response, but I, I had enough. It's not one I've gone to revisit. Maybe there's a reason why. Some, it's funny. That's again. That's the whole premise of the show, our show. I mean, but there's sometimes stuff that you see and you're like, "This is fucking great," and then you go back and watch it, and like, obviously, it hasn't changed. Yeah, but you have, and it's just not what it was. Oh. It's so true, Michael. Real quick, you know, the director of Get a Job, Dylan Kid, did Roger Dodger. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Tough times. What went wrong? Wow. wow! I didn't know wow. that. That's a big. That's a big uh, tidbit. That's a movie tidbit right there. Uh, what is it? Tim bits? Uh, bit tids and bits. Tids and bits. Um, flaked. Sorry, it didn't go the way I thought it would go the way I wanted it to. Especially, it's it's about like recovery from addiction and drug stuff, and it's just not the same anymore. Will and I, I still love you though. It's not your fault. It's clearly me. I have changed in 2023. Mm. I'm no mm. longer the man I used to be. I'm half the man. Eh, that's pretty much it. 
Oh, one more. Uh, okay. White Boy Rick. That movie sucks, and it's a... Got, oh, I like that movie. Oh, see, that's what sucks, Eric, is I wanted to like it so, so much. That's the second time I've seen it, and I also listened to White Boy Rick, the person himself, who the movie is about, absolutely shit on the movie and say it is a <gasps> total piece of garbage, a farce, and has nothing to do with what <laughs> happened. So if the guy who it's about... When the movie is gritty, it looks gritty. It's blue as hell. It's very, very uh, wow, that's right. uh, narc, like narc-esque winter Detroit yeah. colors. And, uh, it's like they yeah. all have like a Detroit palette they automatically go yeah, to yeah. when they do a Detroit film. We talked about this. Yellow Mexico, blue Detroit. <laughs> Travis, you live in pretty much did Metro Detroit. Look out the window. Is it blue? It's gray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. It sucks because... You got McConaughey trying to do some great work, and he does. McConaughey's great in the movie, and yeah, uh, even the guy, the kid who played White Boy Rick in the film, was he played a really good, like clueless intellect underneath the skin type guy. I was impressed by that, but the movie's all bullshit. So now it's just a bit bummed me out. And after knowing that, I just want people to know: if you watch White Boy Rick on Netflix, dismiss it. It's I mean, you want to entertain. You want to. It's such a compelling, true to life story. There's no need so to bullshit. The real story. Then. I know. Yeah. Why not just tell what actually happened? And it's by uh, the writer, uh, the screenwriter, uh, uh, Sil Michael Silver. Uh, someone Silver. You know what I'm talking about here. He's a really acclaimed, and he does a lot of Silver. Yeah, somebody Silver. And he's a great writer, screenwriter. He does a lot of screenplays. Uh, but anyways, I guess he kind of got pushed aside. These other guys took over. So. It's a bummer. White Boy Rick, not what you hope for. Maybe there's a better day ahead. I don't know. That's it. Sometimes things don't go your way. But hey, Cinema Night Podcast, things could go your way anytime you want to because you can watch any of our episodes on YouTube. Just fire it up. Oh, I'm going to watch the one on uh, Waiting. You know, I wasn't a part of it, but if you want to watch it, go ahead. Uh, you can watch any of our episodes anytime. YouTube.com. Cinema Night Pod. All right. That's our movie Commercial? Was that a commercial? That was weird. Let's get into basic instinct. It is now time to focus in this Mike Eric's selected I mean, basic. Yeah, who knows what's happening? If he's if he's questioning what he's talking about, you know, then we're in real trouble. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Basic instinct, 1992 film selected by Eric Branstrom here, starring Michael Douglas, Sharon Stone. What a film we got on our hands here. So let's dive right into it. We always do. For those of you that are new to the show at all, you're seeing us for the first time. We like to open it up. With our first times recalling our original viewing experience of the film. And then we'll get into critical analysis, yada, yada, yada. And then we'll get deep into all the details of the film. So, Travis, do you remember the first time you watched Basic Instinct with your pants down? <laughs> <laughs> um, I watched yes. it with my brother and my pants were up. <laughs> Um, okay. This movie was a cultural juggernaut. When it came out, it made mm -hmm. it made three hundred and fifty million dollars, which is more than twice that in today's money. It was a huge, huge hit. So even as a twelve-year-old, I heard about this movie. So when it came out on VHS, my older brother rented it from the v you know, from the store down the street. We were alone a lot. No one really you know, carded us or anything. So I watched this movie at like twelve years old when it came out. Um, I remember it. Are you guys smart enough to disinfect the VHS before you uh, touched it? <laughs> no. We weren't smart enough to do anything. I was 12. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I watched it then. Uh, we may have rewatched one specific scene a couple times and uh, never saw it again since until Wednesday night. <laughs> okay. That's my well, story. You, Eric? you remember, I mean, Eric, 
This is in the heyday where you weren't allowed to watch it when it came out. Yeah, no no way. No, I couldn't even watch the USA version, the televised version. (laughs) Couldn't even watch the NBC primetime movie version. (laughs) Uh, No, no. I grew up looking at this cover box. Michael Douglas's steamy back, (laughs) front and center. But I couldn't watch it. I did. I knew about the infamous scene, but I didn't see it. So I didn't. I did not wear my pause button out on this one back in the early nineties. By the way, that scene is totally overrated. It's not even like that obvious to me. Like it's like, good God. We might as well get out of the way early because I mean, it so has overshadowed the rest of the movie, and it really shows yes. how puritanical and weird our culture is <laughs> to be so obsessed with this vagina. I mean, there are American culture. American. Like any European watches this, they're like. What's the big fucking deal? Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys talking yeah. about? <laughs> it's shadowed, shadowed vagina at best. There's really, you don't even see anything. Also, uh, we got to bring it up. Sharon Stone has said that she did not know she was being filmed for that. Bullshit. And she is pissed it. at Paul Verhoeven. Bullshit. What do you mean bullshit? What the fuck do you know? Are you there? I do not believe her. She's just trying can, to get back in the You can not news. believe her if you want to, but you can't <laughs> say it's bullshit because you don't know. It was, and, for, and for two, it was part of her memoir. It wasn't like something that she went out of her way to, to uh, say. And also... Well, that was that was the most recent time. She's gone on the record four different times in her life with the same story, saying that she was under the impression that that the white underwear was reflect. I mean, it it does sound wishy washy. I will give you that. Like, why you think you have to take off your underwear for the shot and then you're surprised? But you know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But also, exactly. I don't know. It's whatever the case. It's out there now. She's embraced it. And the fact that it has overshadowed everything else is so weird. Didn't we watch a movie recently where we saw like an erect penis in it? We were like commenting during our uh, conversation later. Like there was someone's like there was dong in it. It was even there was even like a hard dong at one point. I remember we talked about what movie was that? What? What, Eric? Brown Bunny? (laughs) No, it was was a movie that we watched. I watched the the, uh, Pam and Tommy show. Pam and Tommy show. There's a ton of dong in that. With Sebastian Stan and a talking dong, a talking hard dong, almost actually. But you're not gonna. I mean, you're gonna have Mike miniature superheroes crawl into dongs on TV in 2023. But you're not gonna see a single VJ. Yeah. When did you first see this movie, Mike? I'm sorry, we got dong. No, 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 no. The the thing we're talking about the scene because it is. We have to bring it up. And you're right. I don't want it to dominate the conversation, but I want to get it all the way now. And Verhoeven is a. Well-respected, outstanding filmmaker. He's a European filmmaker. Mm-hmm. He's got his own sensibilities. He's clearly not. Uh, he got naked, too, in his own movies, by the way. He did. He he took off his clothes as the director to make his actors feel more comfortable. He's done that because he's very comfortable being naked. And well, he's clearly, European. Yeah. It, you know, here you go. Like, that's great. I'm all for that. The Sharon Stone's. <laughs> memoir you know you do want to sell books i get that but at the same time if it happened to her it happened to her and i cannot prove it for sure nobody can say anything because we'll never be there we weren't there and it sucks but it's also there are scumbags like harvey weinstein the biggest scumbags ever who control people and exploit them sexually and then there's also people who are willing to do anything to be on screen so how am i supposed to have an answer there is none all these things yeah. exist my head's gonna explode that's how i think <laughs> really good in the answer. end so good answer um, my first viewing, boy, is either my grandfather or my dad. Sorry, dad. I know you uh, listen to our show now. So, bring on the masturbation jokes early. Let's get them out of the way. They're I feel already, like it was, uh, your dad's listening. yeah, one of them had a copy, like a, a recorded copy. My grandfather, he had a massive collection of copied 
VHSs. He would rent them from Blockbuster, and he was the guy. He dubbed them all. He's the guy who they want to avoid. He didn't sell them to anybody, but he had, I mean, we're talking hundreds, and he even bought his own brown plastic cases to put them in, and they were numbered. We're talking like 520 tapes all across the walls. So I feel like that's where I ran into this movie for the first time. And whether my dad got it from him or not, I don't know. I'm sure my dad borrowed a bunch of movies. Like, hey, I'm going to take these, dude. And, uh, yeah, I I watched it in the basement of the Rosemont House in Detroit. Somewhere around around my teenage years where masturbation was in vogue. I'll say that. In vogue? Yeah. Is that like the... The, the 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 album the band <laughs> yeah uh, it's like yeah in vogue yeah they're in, in vogue's always in vogue they always will be to me but i watched it alone and i definitely was like watching it as a a masturbatory experience i'm not gonna lie to you folks however the first time i watched it as a non-masturbatory experience i was like 25 mm. i was in the 2000s i'm like oh, i'm gonna watch this okay I, I can i don't have to take off my uh pants i can just watch this film <laughs> So right. I, I finally How did that. Get the word masturbatory into this uh, episode. I got to tell you, man, I got to tell you, I, I can't hide from it. And it's just so overwhelming. And uh, I'm not a scumbag. I think I'm a decent guy. I'm, I've made some mistakes in my life. I'm a moron. You know, I've, I've broken up with people. They've dumped me and we've said things we regret, but life. I'm a decent human being. But <laughs> I will but. say that it's a hard, but. Said, hard, but. Like what? I touched myself. Like, What's I feel shame about? And tell people sh- in public. Years I, later, the, Sharon Stone is so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, she's just so sexy. She is such an icon. I mean, in this film, is it? This obviously, this is like. Imagine if like. Imagine if, like, one of the biggest stars of your era, think about, I don't know, recent times or something, decided to do, like, a hardcore, sexy thriller like this where she was in the buff a ton. It's just mind-blowing to me because I'm like, wow. To me, she's just an all-time sex icon, and I respect the hell out of her for being that. Even in Total Recall, her first, it's not her first Verhoeven film, by the way. This was her second. And she was, I was like, oh, who's that? She's kicking ass, and she was super hot. So, and she's a great actress, too. She's the total package. I love Sharon Stone. I always will. She's just an icon for me for all times. And that's how I feel about that. What the critics think? Oh, okay. Yeah, let's get to critical analysis. <laughs> oh, you're a funny guy. You're the kind of guy I like to hang out with sometimes. Justin Thompson is a great critic and a fine father and son. But that's uh, What is uh, the rating, guys? An IMDb. Oh, 6.9 seems appropriate to me. This was a this was a monster. I'm going to I'm going to give it like 7.5. Yeah, I I'm with you, Eric. I'm going to crank over 7. Uh, it feels like a 7.2, a 7.1. That's my guess. Actual retail price. Oh, as the vagina shot just playing on the base on the <laughs> Damn it. IMDb, come on. Wow. 7.0. 7.0. I was very close. Yeah, you were. And hmm. it's Tell rising you. in popularity right now. It's actually in the top 500 right now. <laughs> popularity which is weird uh is there a basic instinct renaissance brewing eric do you know something about this is that why you chose this film 30 year anniversary the 30 year anniversary yeah that's fine with me i like that okay as far as it's also in 4k so you can really get in there and see what uh what you can see or not what you can detect without all the glare of the whatever did you you guys know if you were watching like the director's cut or not okay fine yeah, it was like an extra 40 seconds or something in the director's cut. You get to see, I don't know, maybe a second shot of the VJ, and you get to see an ice pick go in the dude's eye in the beginning. Yes! 
That's what shocked me the most. That that's what I was like, oh wow, I don't think I've actually seen the director's cut. Cause that ice picked mm. the guy's eyeball in the opening scene. I was like, whoa, I do not remember that. That was violent. You know what's also wild is she gave that actor a fucking heart attack. Or like she knocked him unconscious. Maybe not a heart attack, but but she knocked him unconscious, pounding on his chest yep. over and over and over again with the ice pick, mm-hmm. filming it, and she literally made him unconscious. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Good God. I also love the fact that they brought in legendary makeup man, Rob yeah. Bottin, just yeah. for that incredible opening shot. But <laughs> they then cut out. <laughs> Rob Bottin, like his best work on the on the cutting room floor. It looked pretty good. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was yeah. intense. Uh, uh, Rob- I wonder if Rob Bottin had a hand in Michael Douglas's sagging old butt <laughs> oh, I thought he looked good still. He was, this is 92. He was, he was hanging on. He was no Sharon Stone, obviously. He did not I mean, deserve I'll to be with her. But there's always there's all this talk about Sharon Stone and her boldness and her body and all that stuff. But man, Mike, Michael Douglas is holding nothing back in this movie. I mean, it's just like butts and 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 I'm choking girls and like I mean, it's just like it's raw. It's but it, I mean, Verhoeven is doing here what he's done with RoboCop and a million other movies, just not with violence. He's like, well, I'm gonna use sex and violence and give you a whole bunch of it. <laughs> sex and violence. Well, on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, the sex and the violence was a splat for the critics, unfortunately. A 57%. Critics don't get it. Wow. Yeah. Mm. 63, okay. though, from the audience, a little higher. That's Just still pretty enough. middling. It is middling. It's technically a buttered tub of popcorn, but it's close. It's very close. Yeah. You're right. As far as what the critics had to say, they've always got opinions, and I'm sure they had a ton. I mean, Basic Instinct, like you said, Eric, was a... A powerhouse, big deal, big film. A lot of people had commentaries on it. And people like Richard Schickel of Time Magazine. Let's see what Richard yeah. Schickel said. Rick Schick. Hey, Rick Schick. Dick Schick. The film has a smug the film has a smug faith in the ability of its own speed, smartness, and looks to wow L U X E. Uh Lux. To wow the yokels. I have not heard that word used like that. Uh, maybe I don't know what it means as much as I thought I did. Thanks a lot, Dick Schick. Either way, he's mocking Yeah, we're yokels. Uh, how about Carrie Ricky of the Philadelphia Inquirer? Call me a prude. Uh-oh. Good boy. <laughs> but it's not sexy watching an erotic thriller in which every time a couple does it, one of them gets it with an ice pick. I don't care how many <laughs> firmly toned tummies and tushies are bared. Is there a dumber word than tushy? Tushy. 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 It's funny that there's a song tushy. that was made by ZZ Top, Tush. This is popular. That blues my mind. Popular in your world, maybe. No, not. No, just it's popular. popular. It's not my song. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boy, let's see. Uh, man, we got a lot of different. Oh, Peter Travers, Rolling Stone. Once oh, yeah, upon a Pete. time. Oh, Petey. Verhoeven's cinematic wet dream delivers the goods, especially when Sharon Stone struts on with enough come on carnality to singe the screen. He gives it a thumbs up. He's got that's a fresh tomato. He likes it. I guess he likes Verhoeven's wet dream. And then <laughs> that's the gist. Oh boy, you guys are gonna be excited. We got two more. Roger Ebert says Eebs. way back in the day, Roger was covering film at this time, so this was brand new. This film is like a crossword puzzle. It keeps your interest until you solve it. That is just a worthless scrap with the spaces filled in. <laughs> <laughs> he was, Jesus. man, he was something. 
That's beautiful. Wow. What a great. That's great. And then finally, Dessen Thompson. Yes. 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 Impossibly. The most abbreviated. His most yes. abbreviated. One word. <laughs> so so One close. Word. Not quite. A predictable, surprisingly uninvolving affair. Yeah, you know, succinct as always. I mean, there's a reason we love him. We make jokes, but he, I mean, yeah. that's that's yeah. there's, there's <laughs> concision <laughs> in that statement. He's right, <laughs> predictable, and you don't care. <laughs> He's so, right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the mystery itself. Then, is it convoluted so it confused people on the first wash? But then, once if you ever saw it again, you're like, oh, this is stupid. Or they give it away. I mean, there's an. Have you ever seen this? I wrote this down in my notes. Fade out, fade in at the end. Fade out. No, we're coming. We're fading back in psych. to show you the ice pick. Yeah. He all but said psych. Yep. Um, yeah. And it was mm -hmm. almost too fast of a fade back in. I'm like, well, we've barely gotten to black here. We're already back. Hang on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so there's a few things that, you know, since I, since I saw this when I was a little kid, basically, when this was brand new, um, there was very little that stuck out in my memory. Um, Things that you know, obviously a scene we've covered, the opening scene, which we've also covered, and the final scene, which you know, the three things that really stuck out in my memory. So it was effective. It stayed in my mind because I remember even as a kid being like um kind of on the fence if she was or was not the killer. As a 12-year-old, with a 12-year-old's intellect, I was unsure. As a 42-year-old <laughs> man watching this movie, I'm like, this is the most telegraphed repeatedly telegraphed murderer I've ever seen on film. She's just repeatedly telling everyone <laughs> how she's killed, who she's killed, how she's going to kill again, when she's going to kill them personally, when she's going to kill their partner. I mean, it's like, she's just like, it's, there's no foreshadowing. It's like a fucking brick to the face. Not to mention the, the clear fact that it is Sharon Stone in the opening scene <laughs> and it looks like Catherine Trammell. Well, that's um, they introduced it, it, that's no why mystery. they introduced placebo Catherine, uh, Catherine Trammell, not Trammell, Roxy. Trammell with Roxy, right? So you can think maybe it was her. Mm -hmm. But then they kill her off halfway through anyways, which would completely deflate that. And then at yeah. the end of the movie, to, to jump ahead drastically since we've already gotten to that point, like, of course, she's not going to kill Nick at that point because she just turned Beth into the perfect scapegoat. She's gotten away with the crime. Mm -hmm. If she kills Nick, then she <laughs> fingers herself. You know, well, that's not what I wanted to say. But she um, uh, incriminates herself. There you go. There yeah. you go. And by the way, this is a Joe Esterhaus script, as Eric mentioned last week. Yeah. Joe Esterhaus, <laughs> he does basic instinct. And then right after that, they're like, hey, we got to do another sexy thing. Let's do Sliver, which is a shit movie. What about uh, Strip Girl? A strip club. And, a strip and, girl, and, a strip club. And, then, and then Showgirls in 95 Showgirl. to put the death sentence on his career. And that's it. <laughs> Jade? Well, there was that. Jade. Oh, Jade. That, okay. Yeah. That throat cancer didn't help, and then he came out and apologized for encouraging smoking in all of his movies. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. I, also, there are hints, early hints of showgirls in this movie. I wrote it down. I'm like, wow, you know, uh, the <laughs> dance scene at the club with like, <laughs> which is like, I'm watching oh, you. I'm watching God. you dance. I'm watching you dance. I'm watching you dance. Michael Very bizarre Douglas dance. Standing there, dancing is apparently just grabbing your partner's ass. Oh yeah, he perfectly still. He couldn't show any rhythm. He's like, I'm just going to kind of grab up your butt cheek and That's you're going to be like, oh. Dancing. 
Of course, before I go to a disco, I make sure when I open my wardrobe that I select the hottest looking sweater v-neck, vest I can The fucking find. V-neck, man. It makes me v-neck. laugh every the hottest time. Every time it comes find. on screen, Eric, I laugh. I don't know why. Like he's at this like edgy club and he's got his V-neck on like it's 1977 or something. V-neck That's sweater. weird. He's a, funny. He's a he's a little this movie's old. so funny at times, unintentionally. But unintentionally. Yeah, so Esther Haas' career, but there are showgirl hints. I just felt like, oh, yeah, I could see how he was already thinking about the script of this movie because it's and it's not just the dancing. It's, you know, the sexiness, obviously, the, the cheesiness of certain stuff and the way it's written. Like, is this the all-time, guys, the all-time cop one-liner movie that there ever was? Like, it's just an endless barrage when they come out of crime scene of of jokes. And, <laughs> and, Looks like uh, some yeah. very civic-minded, very respectable cocaine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah shit I, like that. There's a lot of there's a lot of pretty good dialogue and some just <laughs> terrible dialogue. But either way, a lot of yeah. dialogue. Yeah, and the way they talk about this case mm-hmm. at the yeah. the. Uh, police station somebody says something and then someone comes in yeah he was on coke yeah uh we got dna everywhere yeah uh we called somebody yeah. it's like bing bang boom it's like this is not is this it all DNA happens like everywhere. this streamlined so fast incredible you people are the best detectives mm-hmm. in the world dna everywhere one of the very first lines of the film is i quote there's cum stains all over the sheets no 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 i was saving there's that till the end there's, there's cup there's cum stains yes! all there's like, you gotta drag that all out yeah yeah, that's great. By the way, uh, this is a Carol Co. picture, guys. I noticed that at the beginning. That's fun. Bye bye, sure. Carol Co. Yeah, sleaze, sleaze bag, sleaze bag movie factory. <laughs> yeah, I, okay. How about this fucking score? How much the score. can they shove it down our throat? I mean, I like the score because it reminds me of Basic Blanchard. Instinct right away, but there's like no scene. They can't put it in underneath the daylight. <laughs> what? I didn't catch that last part. There's no, I know. There's no scene they can't put it in underneath the dialogue. It's oh, great. Okay. It's I, I know. I, I get fired up. Yeah, it's like Jerry Goldsmith signs on and like he creates one like musical cue and then like gets fired and they're like, well, I guess we just got to keep playing this over and over again because we don't have any other for music. Nominated Award and a Golden Globe. It's memorable. Yeah. I love yeah. the score. Like it, it, I love how it plays over the proceedings. It's very like old fashioned. Reminds me of like thirties, yeah. forties, out of the past yeah. film noir. But yeah, then it gets Blanchard it all over the place. Exhausting it's a verb. Blanchard. Um, yeah, this, this movie is very yeah. much a hearkening back to like classic California forties noir. It's like, what, what if we made a yes. noir movie now, and we showed titties? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah, not not very mysterious. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Also, uh, this is a Mario Kassar uh, production, which I, whenever I see his name, I'm like, oh, yeah. wow, that yeah. guy. And Jan very... on, um, on the camera. Yeah! Yes. That's the other uh, guy I wrote. He yes. recovered Absolutely. from the, the lion incidents of Roar by this point. And, uh, <laughs> and you uh, know what? I mean, one thing that really struck me, because part of you wants to be like, um, well, like, okay, let, let me... I was maybe kind of ready to go in with a preconceived notion that this movie was going to suck, but there was some (laughs) absolutely gorgeous shots when Nick and Catherine are first Mm -hmm. introduced to one another and she's out there on the lake, uh, the the pairing of Verhoeven with Jan de Bond. Like, I mean, the way that, I mean, I'm not talking about the whole scene because the scene is fucking stupid, but the way it's shot looks fantastic. The way the whole, the whole left side of the screen like turns to white and stuff. What, mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead, Mike. What what, is, what tickles your funny I, about the scene? When, when, he, when she showed on screen for the first time at the beach, at the beach house? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She turns around and makes this like goofy, stupid look. It just makes me laugh. She's like, it's, it's not her fault. She's a great actress. I'd still love her. It just makes me laugh. It's a weird, like, oh boy, who am I? Yep. Intro. But yeah. it does, it looks great. This movie looks really good, Travis. You're right. And there's a lot of shots like that. Yep. I mean, there's shot Rip. like there's a shot of the two of them uh in a car together and the in the like the light is on their face and you can see the rain drizzling down across their face and like both of them are half lit there's there is some truly gorgeous perfect shots in this film like really mm -hmm. good mm -hmm. two two excellent car chases shot with like frenetic energy Ooh. no bullshit like uh, yes. close up. tense scene that first that first car chase of um, awesome. it's awesome, but it's stupid because I mean, like, it's just like, oh, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. way over the top. No, no one would do this. Like no one drives. <laughs> yeah. It's insert car chase, insert, insert action scene here. I, love I, wrote, it it almost crashes. <laughs> I wrote down multiple car chase lull 40 minutes in. <laughs> it's like, there's like, there's like, okay. It's like, oh, we're getting into it. Okay. Now there's like three scenes of like following. Not car chasing, just like following in cars, yeah. watching in cars. This is fucking driving the movie. There's a ton of driving in this film, more than I ever recalled. That's what really stood out to me. It's like, <laughs> God damn. It's a lot of like in-between scenes of people driving. Which and, in uh, most movies, they cut that out and you just go between <laughs> the scene. <laughs> yes. Which is kind of like, again, like this is a two and a half. My first note, what I wrote down was exactly what I said when I started up. Two and a half hours, fuck me. <laughs> You know what this reminds yeah. me of is a, a great classic SNL skit, The Californians, where they always talk about directions. The there was a ton of direction talk right off the bat. They're giving <laughs> yeah. literal addresses in the beginning. Like, the yeah, they go over there, uh, go to 14, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, yeah. what the fuck? God damn. <laughs> Dude, I paused it. I got to know. I paused it at 40 minutes in. And probably because I was getting a little exhausted and I saw that runtime. You know, when you hit pause, you can see how much sure. more you have to go. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, believe me, I paused it in other places too. But I, I paused it there at 40 minutes in, and I'm like, well, what do we have so far here? Like, guy gets murdered, and the lead investigator the investigator wants to fuck the prime suspect. Like, that's that's like all we have. Like, is this interesting enough? And, and he seems Nick Curran or Curran or whatever the fuck, however it's pronounced. Curran? I know, I hear it like three different ways. I, yeah, everyone says it a different way. I noticed that too. I'd eventually look it up and see it in print and be like, okay, Curran. Um, so he, he claims at one point that like by getting close to her, that's how he's going to catch his killer, uh, even though he's fallen in love with her and all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. I'm like, dude, I am in, I am not a cop, but I'm pretty sure that you're fucking with due process here. I don't think that uh, this is a legit <laughs> way of collecting evidence. Not sure it's going to stand up in a court is what I'm saying. So all these uh, you know things that you're telling yourself right. that you're doing this because you want to. Uh, catch the killer clearly he just wants to sleep with her and yeah is that the most convincing yeah. thing to watch i don't know i mean like but he yeah. is a bad guy before he meets her right i mean that's kind of like they, they do establish that four shootings in five years yeah, what I the do. fuck kind of cop is this two two tourists <laughs> <laughs> what the hell and then when he kills back he kills her for putting her hand in her pocket yeah and That's his it. wife committed suicide. It's like this guy's got this guy's got a fucked up life going on, man. Yeah, he's not a great. Yeah, no wonder Eternal Affairs is all over his ass. This guy fucking is I'm terrible at his job. Jack Shooter. Kind of I, I was rooting for Nelson the whole movie. <laughs> I find your belief system fascinating. <laughs> That's all I kept saying for five minutes when he came on screen. I, I tell you, man. I, you're exactly right, Travis. It's like that. Clearly, he just wants to sleep with this woman, but that's kind of why. 
I like the character because it's like a different kind of cop. He's got all these vices and they slowly kind of come out after he meets Catherine, the smoking, like the drugs, like the, the, even like the rough sexual stuff, these like inclinations, these primal basic instincts are kind of coming out of him when he meets her. And it kind of makes him, you know, not kind of, but he definitely is like simpatico with Catherine, which is interesting. claims that he's based on a real guy that he knows. Oh, well, mm. let's give credit to Jean Triplehorn for that scene. That was not an easy scene for her to do, I'm sure. It was her a first, <laughs> first film. This is her first yeah. movie. I mean, dude, you got... I already gave my love for Sharon Stone, but I mean, Jean Triplehorn, what a Ooh. beautiful... Oh, I mean, dude. this guy's stuck between and two of the most beautiful in women in oh the world <laughs> in oh this crime thriller. Oh, I mean, God. what a... Go- She's a great actress. I've always liked Triplehorn, too, but I mean, what a mm-hmm. knockout. Mm-hmm. Beautiful woman. Good God. Yeah. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, uh, Sharon Fantastic. Stone's never done a goddamn thing for me, but Jean Triplehorn looks incredible in this. Dude, I'm with you. I'm like, I was... I didn't get. I didn't give a fuck about anything that was happening with Catherine the entire movie. She's like the most bland oh cheerleader face I've are. ever seen in a major movie. I'm yeah. sorry, Mike, but Jean Triplehorn. If she was the character, I would have been so much more invested. She seemed so much more rich, yeah. more complex, internalized. But like Catherine Tremble is like your red shoe diary, <laughs> basic formula. And also, what we're talking about. We should mention that like the rough sex scene between Douglas and her, like. <clears throat> On one hand, mm-hmm. like they have an established relationship, so clearly she's into rough sex because it goes straight into mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But at one point, she does say, "No, yep. stop, ow." Yeah. Yes, oh. ah. the director's cut even worse. There's like 10, 12 extra yeah. seconds in that scene that make it even worse. Like, oh my god, because they kind of so, skip to the end in the regular guess, one. Yeah, they want to. I guess they, you know, they again want us to know he's not a great guy. But but everyone gets hung up on like the rough sex part. How about the three thrusts and then he's done? Yeah. <laughs> That's how horny he is, dude. This guy's out of control. That was literally what happened. He like three thrusts and he falls over on her. Hey, who? Ah. It's like, good (laughs) God. Okay, you're right. He does. Also, this movie would have really been worse, in my opinion. And they would have been typical if they allowed Dr. Garner to be like he sees, oh, Dr. Garner, you've saved me. That's not what happens. I want this movie's cool for that reason because Dr. Garner trying to help Mr. Curran be a better Mm -hmm. person. She goes way out of her way to help this guy through so oh, yeah. many means. And I've never seen a, by the way, this is that era where like cop movies relied super heavily on a female psychiatrist, psychologist in house, like lethal weapon, you know? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but she dies, he kills her and he, you know, he pulls out the Bart Simpson keychain, like, oh no, I'm a fucking asshole of the century. But then, but then, like, so, he, but he must accept that it was her that was the killer that killed his best friend because he must not think it's the woman he's going to go home and have children with or not. You're right. Rugrats. Yeah. Fuck like minks. Raise rugrats. Right. Yeah. That's so, George Zunda's line, by the way. George Zunda, Hoss. Oh Did anyone listen to Hoss after they watched this movie? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't Did either. You? I don't think so. No, I was just checking. All right. Oh. Uh, yeah, but he's a great character, George. I love George because he is this guy who's trying to be the voice of reason, and it doesn't work out. It just never makes sense, and he get, even gets killed. He gets his own guy killed in the end. His own pal, who's a shit faced chili eating cowboy, <laughs> who loves to say hoss, and uh, it doesn't work out. Yeah, he gets him killed. Yeah, he got so many. Oh By the way, Stephen Tobolowsky. Is this the most dramatic movie you've ever seen Stephen Tobolowsky in, Travis? We know you love Stephen Tobolowsky. So, no, Glimmerman. Hello. Um, oh, but, uh, yeah. 
I loved him in this movie though because he's he's got like eyeliner on and he's like super intense with like his fingers and, like he's talking. He gets and, up and, like, close shots, mm-hmm. super up close shots. Right, and he was like, "Oh, I'm getting up close shots. I better go extra intense." With them. But dude, any <laughs> '90s movie that has both Stephen Tobolowsky and James Rebhorn making making an appearance Shining that up. is a classic '90s film. Whether it's good or bad, it's a classic mm-hmm. '90s film just by mm-hmm. by the <laughs> presence of those two men. Automatically holds up. Yeah, and Wayne Knight, of course, <laughs> playing the assistant DA. It's fun dude, to see. Okay, hang on. Oh, of now course, come of course. Up. What was the sweat budget on this movie? Let's, we, have to, we have to address, since we've, we've talked about this scene, we've talked about this same, you know, the vagina scene over and over again, but we haven't talked about Wayne Knight. Yeah. And we are calling him Wayne Knight. In 1992, did any motherfucking person watching this movie know that guy's name is anything other than Newman? At, at best, you're right. At no. best. I mean, Newman. Dresser Park was the next year, so it wasn't even, we got dots in here exactly so like i mean that that right. to me is super weird that you're gonna take like this you're gonna like have the most sexual scene and you're gonna take the most unsexual famous like super famous 1992 newman in 1992 from seinfeld i mean how <laughs> famous was this fucking guy the character at least not maybe wayne knight but the character at that point and to plug him of all people in that situation i can't think of anything <laughs> like it doesn't seem bizarre now, but at the time it must have been so weird to be like, well, what the fuck is Newman doing there? <laughs> Hello, Newman. Eh, yeah. I think this is a uh No, no, please. I want to oh, hear I'm it. Sorry. It might be a good time to kind of stop and if we're still on that interrogation scene to address the uh controversy uh from the um gay community on this film, which was in very, oh, very yeah. intense. Um it, 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 I mean, really quickly, the accusations thrown at it about um, bisexual or um, heterosexual people being these violent weirdos was uh, omnipresent surrounding this film. When I take a look at it in 2023, I'm seeing a, like a, a powerful woman owning like eight other guys in this other room, like getting ex- 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 exactly the type of reaction she wants out of them. Uh, I'm seeing powerful, like strong women here, and all the Weasley little guy- men looking <laughs> like the assholes. I mean, so, I think that some. I mean, sexual power is power. It's refreshing to see power on film when it, and exercised by a woman when it's not sexual. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think the problem was the fact that bisexual people, in particular, are so underrepresented in film, even in 2023. Um, it's, I mean, it's bisexual people. There are so many millions of them. And yet, like, this is one of the only fucking movies where a lead character is a bisexual. Um, it, we started getting more like secondary characters uh, in the last 10 years or so. Or like the friend, the bi friend, always a female, by the way. Of course. Um, but I, I hate it when I say female, when I mean woman. I'm not talking about scorpions or Katie dids. But anyways, um, we got it. It's OK. You know what I mean? So the idea that um, I think that for a lot of people, it's just like, oh, finally representation on screen. And she's a psycho deranged manipulative killer was the problem. But I, I, I see your point, too. Possibly. I think that it was the timing more, maybe. That was yeah. 30 years ago. And NC-17 was on this. There's a lot of outside controversy around this film, again, because of prudish America and then underrepresented groups feeling like they're slighted in mainstream filmmaking. It all makes sense to me. I get it. I get everybody's beefs. And I, yeah, no, I get it. And you're right, though, Eric. In the end, this film now, today, watching it, it seems it's not, I'm not going to say it's tame. It's still pretty uh, intense film, I'll say, you know, with sexuality and violence, which is a fucking hallmark of your guys's 
one of your favorite genres, you know, you guys love that. It always gets combined. Sex and violence happens all the time mm -hmm. in those horror worlds. But this is not a horror film, right? This is a mm -hmm. thriller, yeah, a thriller. murder mystery, if you will. And it's just filled with so many fun characters. It's actually what I like about the movie is I got like a... Who plays the guy from Major League? Who plays up your butt, Joe Boo? That guy who plays Captain Talcott? He's up everybody's ass about everything, oh. and there's a lot of close-ups of face-to-face -face people. Like, hey, you better watch your ass, Carnet. They're like, and then the guy from the other guy from Seinfeld. <laughs> we had Newman, and then we had the guy who wasn't on the air yet as uh, a yeah. Kruger, Absolutely. who's uh, oh, yeah. playing playing <laughs> Nielsen, and <laughs> right. he, and also also yep. <laughs> He's also a super trooper. So I like you. I like and you. I love. Yeah. I love that guy. The guy. Yeah, I don't even know his name. I don't either. Um, He's great. Oh, Daniel. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Von Bargen. Yeah. Tragic ending. Oh, he had a tragic ending. Rest that sucks. Peace. Daniel Von Bargen. And yeah, Travis, right. our guy, uh, Jack McGee's in this. Who is <laughs> yep. always like, playing a cop? Yeah, yep, <laughs> playing a goddamn cop in 1992. Yeah, all the way back in 92, Jack McGee always playing a cop or a fireman. There it is. <laughs> it's a parade of faces mm -hmm. in this movie. Yep. Even the guy, uh, Mitch Pelegi. I'm like, oh, it's that guy. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Mitch Pelegi. Mitch Pelegi yep. popping in. Um, yeah, yeah. A yeah, lot of faces in this movie. That's a good point. And and again, like they're also very like '90s character actors. So it's there's a lot of like, oh, that guy, it's him, it's Mitz Pleggy, it's so and so. Mitz um, <laughs> Pleggy's in the scene. Isn't he part of the the interrogation scene? Too? No, he's part of the second interrogation scene when mm -hmm. Nick Caron is suddenly in the, the in the opposite position. But you know what I love about the interrogation scene <laughs> is the fact that no man can cop and even actually outside of that scene, like throughout the whole movie, no man can comprehend that she has sex with people she doesn't love. Wait, like. You don't love him, but <laughs> you have sex with him. This is a possibility. <laughs> a can, now I do this all the time, but a woman can have sex without love involved. Like it, it's like numerous times throughout the movie, someone makes her like repeat that, and she's all like yeah. bold and like sideways eyed and like looking at them like, "Yes, mm -hmm. I love you him. ever fuck on cocaine, Nick?" <laughs> Uh, it's such a matter of fact when she says it. It's so it's like a breast cop. Yeah, yes. probably. Uh, also. It's the most Hollywood eyes fucking is, like, interrogation room I've ever seen in my oh, life, for the record. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, they don't look like that. Um, like, this is Esther House, dude. And, like, uh, this guy was – he got, like, three million off this. And, like, I, dude, I love Flashdance. I love Jagged Edge. And he comes in here with this, like, firecracker script. And, like, after this, like, he he's, like, Mr. <laughs> Sleaze. Like, in Basic Instinct, like, this – the um the sexual kind of fencing and even some of just the erotic scenes, like they don't seem sleazy to me, like showgirls and like Jade and that, that is fucking like sleaze. But this, like, I, I, I don't very classy. see like the, that type of stuff. The sex in, scenes in are very, scenes. I mean, there's, like, when there's murder, sexy? it's awful, but the sex scenes are super mm -hmm. classy yeah. and like rich people sex almost. It really, I mean, she's a rich woman. She's worth $110 million. They say in the movie, by the way, which is a shitload of money in that day of age. Uh, I'd take $110 million yeah. now, yeah. Chief. Oh, of course I would. I'm just I'd saying. I'd take $100 it's, right now. <laughs> can I get $50 Venmo me at? So uh, awesome. yeah. Can I find a dime on the street? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I, Eric, I do agree with you. I don't. To me, this movie's not sleazy at all. But then again, I also don't look at sex as sleazy. It can't, like, uh, I guess sleazy would be defined. Mickey Rourke and... Uh, yeah, sleaze, eight, nine yeah, and a half yeah, I think sleaze. that is more, like, they're... Fucking in a fucking stairwell in a New York City shithole. Yeah, okay, that's sleaze. Yeah, when like they're in the club in the basic in Basic Instinct and and Roxy <laughs> and um and Catherine see uh, Nick and like she kisses Roxy and just like grabs her titty 
it's like that's the kind of thing it's like this is like this is not how people behave in real life ordinarily i'm not you know, maybe i've not spent a lot of time in clubs I'm you sure haven't been in that club of, bro yeah, i haven't been in that club in 1992 that's for sure yeah, but it's california too man but, but i mean there's I, I think that the you know I don't think I'm a puritanical person, but I do think that there's parts in this movie where sex is presented somewhat sleazily. I would, I would, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she was also sure. trying to get a reaction out of Nick. Like, and that's like another thing is like, it's easy for an audience in 1992 to just look at a different type of sex scene in a movie and immediately just yeah. call it sleazy. I think it was kind of refreshing, edgy at the time too have scenes like this, not just to ape on like French or Italian cinema, but to kind of expose audiences to different ways yeah, but of at the portraying same time, that I'll film. never unsee Michael Douglas giving head. Oh, why? He does a great job of it. <laughs> I mean, like, like, him, like now I know what his, the top half of his face looks like when he's doing that. Yep. I don't want to oh, know that. Travis, I, I laugh in that scene can't when he's like, yeah, ah, ah, ah. he's like <laughs> lapping at her breast when he, she's trying to tie him up. He's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> it made me laugh. I laughed so much when I see oh, man. <laughs> I took the movie seriously, but I still laughed because he's laughing like a dog or like a, a fiend. It's, it's kind of funny. You really, you're right. puts him yeah. through you the really. murder scene that he's fully aware of. Like, yeah, did and, she, and, and as a viewer, is supposed to be like, well, maybe she's not the killer. I don't know. Uh, did she ever throw her back out in this movie? How many times does she have to do a scene it's where she's like, Aah! like we saw there's like four <laughs> different sex times, four individual separate scenes alone. Who knows how many takes were done oh, where yeah. she actually only ice picks somebody once, though, in the end, right? You're right. And it's like a full double backward and half thing that she does every time. Like, yeah, there's some flexibility there. I got to give her credit for that. Yeah. Um. Okay. Wh why is Michael Douglas the main character? Like, is he supposed to be hot? Like, why, why don't they go? Like, is it because no one else would do these scenes? Like, why don't we have like Mickey Rourke or like Richard Gere or like anybody that's under the age of 47? It took as this what, 14 character. different people or 13 people to find Sharon Stone because they all turned it down. But he signed on early and, and he was yes. one of the reasons why I was getting funded. So yes. he must have liked the script and must have just been like, I want to play, you know, it, it was a couple years away from Hard Rain. He hadn't done anything quite like this yet. <laughs> Black Rain, Black Rain, sorry. Black Rain, Hard Rain Black was Rain. a good Christmas later. Um, yeah. Different film. But like, like, are, are female audiences turned down by Michael Douglas when they would have been by like a movie made like for Matt female and Richard Gere? Uh, he married Catherine Zeta Jones. I don't know. She's a beautiful woman. So clearly women find him adoring. And he's also the son of Kirk Douglas, who is a famous actor. I think it bakes into it a bit. It does. He's not the sexiest guy of all time, no doubt about it. But yeah. he also had behind the face what they needed they needed a guy who could who sex appeal he's maybe that wasn't his strength in this role but everything else he does as the character is needed and, and michael douglas brings it all to the table in terms of the the pain and the frustration and it's it, i mean yeah the absolute intensity. intensity i mean this guy michael douglas is so intense this whole movie he's never chill he's on edge all the fucking yeah. time Right, because he quit smoking and quit drinking recently. So. Exactly, and he's dying for doing some coke so he can fuck on cocaine, Nick. That's what you know. He's dying for it. Also, there's yeah. a great. I had to mention. This. I know we got to go soon, Eric. You got to go. You got to hard out. We got to start to wrap this up. 
Okay, but (laughs) terrible ADR when Beth comes into his apartment to confront him and he's drunk and pissed and she attacks him because he's saying some really fucking harsh shit because he's fucking off his rocker. And she comes at him and you hear ADR, are you nuts? It just made me laugh so (laughs) You got to go back and listen. Just check out the scene. You're going to laugh. Yeah, you're going to hear the high end with that high end of his voice (laughs) in ADR. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, You know, I'll give him credit for, like, clearly wanting to take a risk in his career. This is a guy who started out as a producer and then kind of made his way into. Cuckoo's Nest, too. Yeah, yeah, Cuckoo's Nest. Um, And and a lot of, you know, he he had, but also Fatal Attraction had kind of made him a big star. Wall Street, and, you want to get Gordon Gecko, mm-hmm. dude. I mean, there you go. Well, yeah, that too. You're right. But but so yeah. this was kind of a return yeah. to form of, of Fatal Attraction. But like, how can I? Well, I've never seen that movie, mm-hmm. actually. But I'm assuming he's upping the ante here. I know it's weird. I've never seen that <gasps> movie. And I Fatal actually made like, yeah, I've never seen it. And I made a Boil Your Bunny Rabbit. Um, you did. I remember that one our age and they did not get it. Um, oh, somebody but, brought it up on the show recently. I remember saying that. But you've never seen Adrian Lyons? Fatal Attraction. Yeah, I, do, I don't like his movies very much. That's um, <laughs> when we did Jacob's Ladder, which I did like. You might not be um, missing much. I'm just going to say that now. So. Yeah, I think I think I know the plot of Fatal Attraction by this point. <laughs> no, you I did. You cannot comprehend it until you <laughs> see it on film. Well, oh, yeah, any final notes, guys? Any final commentaries? Any? Uh, oh, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire Road. Anybody notice that the Mrs. Doubtfire Road? <laughs> San what? Francisco, the movie. <laughs> this oh, is so San Francisco. It was actually called yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire Road. Oh, wait, it looked it looked just like Doubtfire. that street oh, that they live on in that movie. That house, it's San Francisco, San Francisco. That same goddamn road. I swear, it's been in like ten San Francisco movies. It's like the hill going down, so you can see into downtown, and then you can go out to the water. I'm telling you, it's been a lot of film. Uh, I don't really talk about that Roxy character. I kind of i I like the way they wrote the character. I think it would have been easy to just have her be like jealous girlfriend that's bisexual and isn't it like sexy, but like she's dependent on Catherine because of her drug issues. And I think that comes across more so than her just being jealous and like a threat. And I like what those scenes with her and Michael Douglas, when like he knows exactly that he's like milking her for her money and all that. And he doesn't give a fuck when he's like walking around man to man. I like the interplay. Yeah. Like, I mean, she also dies in a horrific car wreck with a flawless face. That's unusual. I would say I'm just <laughs> minor detail. Don't want to really complain I, I, about it. Yeah. Entourage of people that Catherine Trammell keeps around her that also just happen to be murderers. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's like, Oh, she, but she's not a murderer. It's all research. Weird. It's all research shooter. Oh, um, yeah. Travis, you just reminded me that I had a massive Zodiac re- feeling to this movie. They're all like, they're all over the, these counties. He's going to different police stations across California. It started yeah. to feel like the movie Zodiac, not the actual case, yeah. but the movie to me, I got a lot mm. of Zodiac vibes from oh. this. I, I just want, I'm not saying that they ripped anything off. It just felt like that a lot. Eh, serial killer, please. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like just the fact that they're going to different little because they go to like three different yeah. tinier police stations around California. I'm telling you, it makes sense. Oh my god, we're so dumb. We didn't we didn't acknowledge uh, the the clear fact that there's no DNA evidence even discussed <laughs> in this case at all. Like I was doing a, the little reading I did is Joe Westerhouse being like, 
look, I didn't mention it. I know I didn't mention it. It was clearly like the number one thing to, yeah. to look at in 1992, like since like the mid 80s. And like yeah. this would have solved it immediately because it was like that That dude says all over the bed. Like there's not one word about that being collected, which would have just solved it right then and there. Or at least exonerated. there's a lot exonerated of this movie that if you uh, really? take a moment and remove your suspension of disbelief, you'll be like, this is not real. <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean no, wait wait wait, wait. jump in Hang on, I, I, what about ice picks i mean i've never used an ice pick and i'm 42 years old i never saw anyone use an ice pick we've always had ice cube trays yeah. is this really like everybody yeah where, where are they getting these blocks of ice is that a thing in california we guys? live in michigan so we have in more access 19- to water we can freeze and cubes in the 1930s in the 1930s it was a thing yes okay Before, there you-, you know like but like that makes we're sense. not like yeah and and so when she, when she when he shows up at her house and she's using an ice pick <laughs> and he's supposed to not be like we're supposed to as the audience be like well she still may or may not be the killer Maybe <laughs> she just has an ice like no one uses a fucking ice pick uh, <laughs> Dude, you guys aren't you guys don't have ice trucks that deliver like blocks of ice on those like little I guess not, yeah. in the fridge? Yeah. It makes sense that since oh. Esther House is writing a forties noir here that he's just you know, he's <laughs> foregoing DNA, he's using right. ice blocks. Okay, it makes sense now to the script. In some ways this movie would have been really interesting yeah. if he'd said it a little further. I mean, it's still pretty interesting, but he could have said it further in the past mm-hmm. and it would have still yeah. worked. That's a great yeah. point. Um, cause we could, we, yeah, we could have looked through all of these tiny little things we have. Um, like that era yeah, can't be I, that I sexual that era. Like, you know, like, like that would have actually been that. refreshing. Like, oh, it's yeah. the forties and we're naked as fuck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're still doing this sort cool, of stuff. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, okay. Time to find out it's the judgment day. Does it hold up or not? Eric Branch, have you picked the film? So why don't you lead us off? I'd never seen it, man. All and like I said, growing up, I knew about the one particular scene and the cover box, and I always just thought of this as like a sleazy joke. And the Joe Hester House was this like scumbag hack writer that specialized <laughs> in sleaze. Uh, and I watched the movie, and yeah, it had its laws, and I wasn't exactly pausing it on bathroom breaks, but I, I was digging. I was entertained by it. Like, um, uh, like I definitely love like the pulpy nature of things, and like the rich cinematography with the Jerry Goldsmith score kind of covering everything. It worked for me, man. It, it reminded me of those classic uh, noirs that the type that you really don't have to care about the plot or even like who is guilty or who is innocent, which I didn't during this at all. But uh, the journey is still a lot of fun and the interplay between the characters, like the, the firecracker dialogue is here. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I mean, it's, it's dumb, but entertaining, and I'll take dumb and entertaining over boring and poorly written any any day of the week. I think it holds up, man. I okay, like it. I'll go next. It's a movie that I've seen many, many times. I post my teenage years watching it as a film. I've watched it a lot. I really have. I'll throw it on, and I guess I'm entertained. <laughs> yeah, I'm entertained, yes. man. It's a sexual thriller. That's right. It's a stupid movie, too. It's really, really funny, though, in the ways that maybe it's not supposed to be funny. So... That in and of itself for me is probably going to be all right. It's entertaining. I laugh. Uh, there's gorgeous women that I'm very attracted to. I, that's a good thing. I'm not going to deny that at all. I'm a human being. I have feelings. I have emotions. I have desires. I admit that. I love Leanne. Leanne, I love you. Don't worry. Everything's fine. But 
you know, in the end, I look at this film and I say, it's got a lot of faces that I know. I'm like, oh, look at all my buddies. Oh, I know all these people. And it holds up. It's it's stupid. It's stupid in a lot of ways. And it's cheesy. But as an <laughs> yeah. entertainment piece for me, it holds up. All right. I, th I think you made a good point, Eric, about maybe not caring so much about who's guilty or not. Because one of my big complaints <laughs> about the movie has been that it's pretty obvious that she is the killer and supposed to and then that, that big reveal at the end that she actually had the ice pick is supposed to throw us for a loop uh when it doesn't so that's i think that's a good point um you guys both use the adjective stupid i guess in a positive way i'm going to use it in a negative way i think the movie was stupid <laughs> yes, i was grateful yeah. when it was over i thought it was really really long um i oh, think that there is yeah. there are moments of uh really really beautiful shots and really really solid direction I think there are moments of truly um, inspired dialogue. I think some of the back and forth that they have are just like classic movie kind of dialogue. Like that scene on the beach in particular, in particular between the two of them, uh, really, really solid. There are many great moments in this movie, and I can 100% see why in 92 this was such a huge hit. But watching it now, I can't. I would not I would not say to someone, hey, have you seen Basic Instinct lately? You have no idea what you're missing. No, you're not missing fucking anything. The movie does not hold up. Yeah. Good point. Oh. <laughs> Mike, did you watch that clip I sent you of Bill what? Hicks? What? I didn't get a chance to. Like I'm, I'm gonna see I want to see that for sure. Oh, yeah. Send it to me. I love Bill Hicks. Oh wow. That's funny. Okay, yeah, well, well, hey, folks, one. <laughs> I don't know if it went the way you thought it would go, but that's the bottom line here. Basic Instinct, Cinnamon Eye Podcast, Cinnamon Eye Pod at gmail.com. Send us an email, five star review. YouTube, like, sub, be our friends, socialize with us on social medias. Uh, all right. Next My week. Turn. Yes. I have to say something now, right? You have to pick a movie, which you're going to pick in this moment. Yes, Michael. The, what That's did yes. you think <laughs> I would do this moment? All right, guys. Ooh, I have a list, it's ready to rock. There's so many options, so many Excited. options, but I'm going to take this thing in a, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to take this thing down a notch, man. <laughs> and it's going to be interesting. It's going to be depressing. I don't know. It's probably to be less funny. I expect oh. a ton less humor for this one. Mm. Probably, maybe no not. Laugh. No jokes. Uh, we're going to 2016 and we're doing. Manchester by the sea. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, oh, God, dude. Oh, <laughs> I, so told you, I wasn't kidding. Yeah, giggle fest. Fuck. Yeah, All giggle right. fest is over. <laughs> That's yep. right. Get them out now. Over, man. <laughs> yeah, up. No, it's been uh, uh, six years. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious if this call. is a good movie or not. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm really not. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the theater. So, or not since it was new, anyway. Yeah, it's a good call. Right. For me. Great. Hey, we'll okay. be doing that next week. Anything uh, coming up on Thursday? We'll be here on Thursday at seven p.m. Eastern. We're, we time. expect to be here at seven fifteen ish. Seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That sounds good. I'll be here. You be here. I'll be here. Yeah. Well, you feel better, buddy. Take care of yourself, Eric Branchum. Go enjoy your family. Happy birthday to our little buddy over there. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks for watching us, Cinema Night Pod. We'll see you. To jack off the damn machine. <laughs>